Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Let's hang out. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Les Hang Out, the podcast that's all about consensual bashing. Yes. Yep. You're I, uh, I agree. hope that you. I wholeheartedly agree. <laughs> <laughs> we hope you've made it through the long holiday hiatus without us, but we're here. We're back. We've made it. We have made it. Malala. Malala! <laughs> from the West Coast, I'm Lee Holmes Foster. And from the East Coast, I'm Ellie Brigida. To those of you who have been with us through this whole journey, thank you as always for listening. If you're a new listener, welcome. We're excited to have you here. And here's what's happening this week. This week in the Lesdom. This Week in the Lesdom is a place where we can touch base each episode about things going on with the podcast or otherwise. First of all, we are so excited to be back from our hiatus. Thank you to all of you for waiting for us. I'm just excited to be here. We hope it wasn't too long to wait for us. I know everyone was was sitting at their windows, just staring longingly, <laughs> waiting for us to come back. But we're here. Carol style, just watching raindrops trickle down <laughs> the window panes. Exactly. But we're happy to be back with you. And we're also happy to be back with our events. We have a lot of trivia nights coming up. We have one at Henrietta Hudson's in New York, January 23rd. We also have one coming up in Denver on January 31st. I'll be there for that one. I'm very excited to see all of you. And we also have another Winona Earp Trivia Night in Boston on February 22nd. As a reminder, we are also always looking for other trivia hosts or cities. If you want to have trivia near you, email us at leshangoutpod at gmail.com and let us know. We are also very excited to announce that we have booked a live Should Have Been Gay for all of you. We are international superstars now. In our favorite country, Canada. Canada, we're coming for you. (laughs) (laughs) We are coming for you. Friday, July 10th, we will be in Toronto, 6.30 p.m. at Burdock Music Hall. So we hope you grab your tickets. We are going on pre-sale right now, only $16 if you get your tickets before Valentine's Day. So grab those tickets, grab your loved ones, give them the Valentine's Day present they will always remember. (laughs) Tickets will be $20 on general sale after February 14th. So you have plenty of time to buy your tickets. We We are giving you the chance now. Get them early. Also, we are still finalizing our full roster of guests, but we can certainly give you one little sneak peek of some guests who will be joining us. Your favorites, our favorites, Kara Knox and Gwen Cummins uh, will be joining us for our live show in Toronto. We could not be more excited. Cannot wait. Lee's going to finally get to meet them in person. Finally! I've been waiting for so long. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be a great time. You don't want to miss it. We don't want to miss you. So come hang out in Toronto. 
And the ticket link is going to be on our website and also on Eventbrite. So just look out for that. We also have a very exciting announcement. We've been waiting a bit to tell you all about this, <laughs> but we finally got an intern. And it is no regular intern. Oh, no. It is one of our favorite listeners, <laughs> Kayla freaking Kelly. <laughs> Uh, I think she should put that on her business cards now. Kayla freaking Kelly. Yes, yes, some of you may have noticed that things are running a little bit more smoothly on our, our social media front because we, we finally have a little bit more help there. So we want to say a huge, huge thank you to Kayla. We were not able to keep up with everything. We needed some help. Kayla was there. Yes. To pick up our slack for us and do it in just the most, you know, supportive and awesome way. So thank you, Kayla. We are, we're so glad to have you on board. We appreciate you so much. <laughs> so much. So we much. Just, we just want to let all of you know, Kayla's doing an amazing job and she's now a part of our team. We're very excited. Super excited. We also want to share a little news about the greater Luz universe. Uh, take this with a grain of salt, if you will. Um... There's, is there an article? I didn't even read the article. Ellie yes, read the article, so... I think. I'm going to tell you about the article. No, no, let's do my rendition first. Yes, please. If you now Google lesbian, less porn shows up, we think. Are we happy about it? Are we not happy about it? Who knows? I'm happy, <laughs> I'm about, happy it. about it. What I want to know is, can they apply it to Twitter as well? Because, man, it is hard to try to hashtag stuff adequately on Twitter without, or search hashtags without just finding... Lots a of bunch porn. of, of yeah. weird porn. So so thank you, Google, for taking one step towards decreasing the fetishization of lesbians. Yeah, great. We Good work. We appreciate you. And we can find more lesbian articles to share with all of you <laughs> without having Go- to sift through porn. So you're Google, welcome. the bastion of uh, humanity. Great, <laughs> great work. Just doing good. And that's what's happening this week. Back to you, Ellie and Lee. Thanks, Ellie and Lee, and welcome everyone to season three, episode eight, our next installment of Les Centrals. Les Centrals is a recurring segment, one of our favorite segments on the show, where we dive into classic or newer lesbian movies or shows. We are so excited for this Les Centrals episode. We're doing a breakdown of a movie we wish we had when we were in high school, Booksmart. Oh, man. Cannot Just, wait. It's so recent. And we, again, are still writing original songs for all of our Les Centrals recaps. And I think we've outdone ourselves on this one. We, meaning Lee, who <laughs> wrote you all a masterpiece. So it's a, it's an epic. It is an epic. Yes, three, yeah. four, four minutes, five minutes, many, many minutes. Bohemian Rhapsody <laughs> and One Day More from Les Mis put into a song. So in the key ready. of gay, get that's ready. what it is. Yeah, it's yeah. gonna be great. So stick around to the end to hear our original song for Booksmart. It's called One Night. I promise you're not ready. You are not ready. And we had a lot of really amazing people help us and sing some vocals on this track. So we want to say thank you to everyone who helped us out because we could not have done this on our own. Yes. There's a huge cast. It's a gigantic it's a cast. We needed an ensemble cast for the song as well. It's a big movie. For anyone who hasn't seen Booksmart yet, which if you have, I 100% would say, stop what you're doing, pause this podcast, go watch Booksmart, and then come back. It's on Hulu for any of you who yes. are, want to watch it and are like, oh, but I don't want to pay for it. But you should pay for it. It's that amazing. 
but it's, it's that good. Watch it on Hulu. It came out just last year, 2019. It was written by Emily Halpern and Sarah Haskins and directed by Olivia Wilde, who did a fantastic job. So good. It's starring Beanie Feldstein and Caitlin Dever, along with a whole host of other amazing people who we will be talking about at great length. And let me read our quick IMDb recap. On the eve of their high school graduation, two academic superstars and best friends realized they should have worked less and played more. Determined not to fall short of their peers, the girls try to cram four years of fun into one night. And do they cram that fun? <sighs> they really, they, they really, really do. do. They really do. It's an amazing movie. I, it's one of the few, I mean, look, I know everyone knows this about me already, but I don't get out too much these days. I went to see this in theaters because that was how committed I was to just needing to see it, needing to support it. And so it was so worth it. Oh my god, it was so worth it. I saw this movie in previews at the movie theater, and I was like, Lee, watch it immediately. <laughs> this When it came out, we're doing this. So it's this episode yes. has been a long time coming. So let's dig in. Let's dig into Booksmart. Let's do it. I'm oh, because so we're going to have so much to say. There's honestly so much to say. We're going to try to hold ourselves back, but no promises. If this ends up being three hours on Booksmart, we apologize for nothing. <laughs> yes. Well, we start as all good high school film start an introduction to our protagonist molly and some of her <laughs> idols <laughs> including let's see rbg michelle obama the classics she also has a war in 2020 bumper sticker so you can see where this film is going <laughs> she's doing affirmations right and i love how it's like so so smooth and then it's like, oh, yeah, fuck those losers. <laughs> fuck them in their stupid <laughs> fucking faces. And that's how we're starting. That's how we're starting this film. Yes. This is basically Molly's take on the world around her. Fuck those losers. Yeah. Fuck that's everyone. It. That's kind of all you need to know yeah. about Molly. So we'll see a little bit more about that. Then we meet her best friend, Amy, which <laughs> this dance sequence, far too long or far too short. I have yet. Far, far too short. Far too short. I have yet to decide. Like everything in this movie, far too short. Far too short. You can see they're clearly obsessed with each other and it's great. <laughs> and great dancers. Yeah. So one of the things that I thought when I was first watching this film before we found out what year it was, I was like, oh, this is a 90s film because right. Molly and Amy like literally dress like they are 30 years ago. I'm like, yes. 30 years ago, it's yes. not the 90s. But actually, almost 30 years I mean, ago, literally kill me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. 1990 was 30 years ago, Ellie. Okay, 1990 was 30 years ago. So they dress like they're from 30 years ago. Amy is in some sort of jean jacket that I love. Uh, that's very mm -hmm. gay, very cute. I would wear. And Molly... <laughs> is dressed oh my god turtleneck turtleneck blazer yeah she's she means business she really yeah. means business um but then we find out that it's 2019 when we see the school <laughs> <laughs> and everyone else seems to be in 2019 yeah it's just them yeah amy and molly are definitely in a time of their own for sure it's similar to a lot of high school films now we get an introduction to all of the characters in the high school which it's a good intro scene right we kind of meet the whole cast of characters that's going to be in this film, right? We're meeting the principal, we're meeting Nick, who's the vice president, and kind of the stupid jock guy. 
Yeah, everyone wants him, which we'll talk about, but I still don't understand. Including AAA. We meet AAA, oh. who's the, you know, oh, she's the, the high school slut. That's what they're they're going to make her. What I appreciate, we also do have a feminist take from the perspective oh, yes. of Amy, where Amy's like, don't call her that. Use her real name because we'll learn a little bit more about AAA. But people call her AAA because she gave roadside assistance to a lot of men. That's uh, what we hear about. We meet Miss Fine. Miss Fine. <gasps> okay, Miss Fine. Number one, fine. <laughs> number two, I love that they turn the cool teacher trope on its head also in this. Uh-huh. Because Miss Fine is like the cool, hot teacher, right? To be fair, she's like a little bit creepy. She tiptoes right up to the border of creepy, for sure. Yeah, yeah. she really does. I feel like when I was in high school, like, there were teachers like her, but they were men. Yeah. But also, she's Jessica Williams, and so you're kind of, like, okay with it. And I think that's sort of the point. Like, they're turning it around right. to be like, wait, wait, we're okay with this. It's, is this okay? But it's still not okay. It's still not okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I still love Because her. she's, like, very close. It's problematic. Yeah, she's very, very close to her students. She even gives Amy and Molly her phone number. Which, like, so gay that they're like, oh my god, we got Miss Fine's phone number. Also, that's how we meet Hope. Hope is kind of like, oh, she's the bitch in the class. And she's like, did you just score your teacher's phone number? Also, so we find out later in the film that Hope has some queer tendencies. Oh, yeah. She's jealous. You know she's jealous right yeah, now. Yeah, so she's definitely like, I want Miss Fine's number. God damn it. You know who else wants Miss Fine's number? Theo. Theo. Oh, my God. Theo's obsessed. Theo also with the most gorgeous locks yeah, I he have does ever have beautiful seen. hair. I'm very jealous of his hair. I want his conditioner and his oil treatment, whatever he's using. <laughs> Hit me up with that, Theo, please. We also meet my two favorite characters. Oh, God. George and Alan, who... I mean, we talked about this a little bit in our February episode. I identify so hard with George and Alan at other points. <laughs> I'm like, fuck, they were me. So dramatic. So like theater is life. And they're a little extra. They're so extra. And I love them. I'm obsessed with them. <laughs> Are you obsessed with Barcelona? Yeah. <laughs> I love. It's like I went to Barcelona when I was in Barcelona for, for theater camp. <laughs> I love to Shakespeare in the Park King Lot. Yes. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. It's just like so on the nose. And so good. Have you ever yeah. been to Shakespeare in the Park, Lee? Oh, of course I have. Okay, cool, cool. We used to go like every year in Boston. Are you kidding? I also, well, I went in New York. I actually haven't been in Boston. <gasps> oh, I you should go. go. It's great. I know. But I did go to the one in New York. And I bet you that George and Alan's Shakespeare in the Park King Lot is just as good, if not better. <laughs> I refuse to believe that it wouldn't be. That's no, that's all I can no, say there. No, there's no way that it is not the highest level of production. We've also missed one other very important character, near and dear to Jared. my heart, Ellie, that we meet in this scene. We meet two characters. We meet Jared. We also meet Baby Jer. Baby Jer says happy graduation, everyone. Baby Jer. Baby Jer. I love Jared so much. Oh, Jared. Yeah, Jared is one of those guys in a high school movie that I will be like, you know what? Yes to Jared as a love interest. Yes. Yes, I can be behind this for sure. Oh my God, he's too much. Jared Bear, <laughs> he's great. And he's the we best. very clearly see that he is into Molly because he says goodbye to her and no one else. Yeah. <laughs> Bye, Molly. 
Molly hasn't quite caught on yet, but if you're paying attention, it's, it's not too subtle. Yeah, she's like, why does he do that? It's very clear. It's very clear. I want to talk briefly about the end of school budget. <laughs> okay, fair. Because I'll start. I'll get out my, I'll get out my spreadsheet. I'm ready. <laughs> In the intro, I would say that the end of school budget is like an additional character. Molly is very concerned with the end of school budget for the student council. And she mentions it about six times. <laughs> so we can all really know that Molly's priorities are clearly not with having any fun. Yeah. At all. No, no. At all. We forgot to mention, it's the last day of school. Yes. This is the last day of school. Like, nobody cares about anything right now, except for Molly. Yes. <laughs> and she cares about everything. Even the principal is like, Molly, leave. You just graduated. Like, go have fun. I don't want to deal with you. And she's yeah. like, no, but the budget. But then we get to the classic like high school lunch period scene where we also get a little insight into our two protagonists' love mm -hmm. interests. Oh, yes. So we have a slow-mo on Ryan. <laughs> God, that scene with Ryan and the music that keeps like cutting in and then just like abruptly stopping yes. is just so much. It's like it's so over the top heavy handed and it works so well because amy is such a hot mess in this scene like mess it is gay panic to like the highest level that's what's happening she is like full-on gay panicking with the just dreamy obsession with ryan the trying to talk to ryan she's a disaster and ryan could care less like ryan is so like yeah man cool i'm cool oblivious yeah. Just, chill. oh my god. Come to the party tonight, man. What are your thoughts on Ryan as a love interest? We're not going to be able to make it through this without spoilers, so I'm just not even going to try. I'm totally fine with how this movie plays out with Ryan not being who Amy actually kind of hooks up with. Because I'm just, I'm trying so hard to imagine Amy and Ryan actually going on a date. And like, what would they talk about? <laughs> like, what would they talk about? Nothing. Uganda? <laughs> Right? Yeah. I feel like it would just be Amy, like, staring awkwardly and Ryan being like, whoa, a butterfly. And, like, nothing. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. There could just, there could be nothing that they could talk about. I love Ryan as a character. I think she's great. I love that they explicitly call out, here's a character. She is very queer-coded in so many ways. And I love that they have Amy being like, well, gender performance might be different from, like, her sexual orientation and, like, they're not connected and you know i mean it's like so on point i love yes it. i mean i love this whole conversation that they have i think it is really important that within the first five minutes of the film we know that amy is out already mm -hmm. she's been out since the 10th grade right uh, yes i did not write that down but that sounds i'm right. pretty sure if i'm wrong i'm sorry but she's been out for a significant amount of time this isn't like her coming out story this is a character that's already out and that <laughs> Sorry. The lines in this are ridiculous. We know that her first crush was the little white cat in Aristocats, then Avril Lavigne, and now Ryan. It sounds right. It sounds, it sounds, like, it sounds like a perfectly, yes. you know, normal average progression. Yes, for the progression of lesbian crushes. I also love that they set up that Molly and Amy are not together. Yeah. No, do you have the note about sleepovers? We have sleepovers. There'd be more vagina involved. Yes. <laughs> yes. 
that's the thing <laughs> like that is so accurate though right yes where she's like but i'm your best friend we have sleepovers all the time she's like mm, different sleepovers hun different <laughs> like, sleepovers very different i have some thoughts about this i go back and forth i'm like i like that amy and molly are not together but i also sort of ship them i can totally see that so yeah also okay here's the other thing is because they have molly holds nothing back. nothing at all. Like, Amy is a little bit more... Keeps some things close to her chest of the two. Molly, not even, like, for a heartbeat. She is just all out all the time. And I love it because that's why you have... Like, they have some really... Because you get these conversations. And it's funny and it's also really tongue-in-cheek, right? Because if anyone is not aware, Caitlin Dever, who plays Amy, is playing the lesbian. Beanie Feldstein, who plays Molly is dating a woman in real life, yes. right? Yeah. So I also love when you have these things where Amy's like, scissoring is not a thing, and Molly's going, don't knock it till you've it's tried it. Don't it's knock not it. a thing. Don't knock it till you've tried it. And it's so much funnier hearing those lines when you know it's a line being said by someone actually dating a woman and in real life. Probably but it's also the it. kind of line... <laughs> Right. And it's like, but it's also very funny between the two of them because it's like, it is, it's, there's always kind of like a little bit of some charge to those conversations. So like, I, what I'm saying is I, I can see it. I ship it to yeah, you. Yeah. It's fine. I do ship it. But I also like that it's like two friends who are helping each other with their love interests. Mm -hmm. Like, so I, I think sometime down the line, maybe like they'll get together, but like they have to explore some options first. So that's my thoughts about them. Your thoughts on them are don't knock it till you've yeah, tried it. Girls, my, yeah, okay. don't knock it till you Got tried it. it, both of you. Great. Just just want to clear each other. So <laughs> there's another character we have not met yet that we <gasps> yes, are I'm about so to meet. One of the best. One. Of, I mean, they're all the best. Who am I kidding? But like one of the best. The best. One of the best of the best. Which is Gigi. Oh my God, Gigi. My heart. My heart can't take it already. Just, just bringing up Gigi, and I'm already a little emotional. It's very hard to describe Gigi with the amount of love that I want to describe Gigi with. There's. It's not possible. She's clearly very wealthy, very entitled, but also like. First of all, the actress who plays Gigi. What a gift. What a gift Billy Lord is. I mean, we already know she's an amazing actress. She's been in American Horror Story and has, like, won our hearts in many other ways. But this is probably her best performance ever. She commits. She really commits. A masterpiece. Yes, she really commits. So we see Gigi. She's, like, it's slow-mo with her, like, hair going. And you find out, actually, Jared's been driving <laughs> been driving her car on campus when the music stops it's because he has stopped driving the car it's an amazing moment but we'll we'll see a lot more of Gigi later pretty much everywhere we go so pretty much you can't get away from Gigi. you cannot and I wouldn't have it any no. other way and it's a big part of the drinking game anytime Gigi shows up <laughs> We have to drink. So this is our first big, big drinking moment for Gigi. Then we have this turning point for Molly, which is really like the big scene of her realizing she sort of messed up her high school career. This is a reckoning for Molly. This, this scene in the bathroom is, oh my gosh. It is rough. So Theo and Tanner and AAA are all talking shit about Molly while she's literally in the stall. Here's what I love about this. I love it because she has the best response off the bat, which is to like walk out head held high and be like, I don't care. 
which is the right response, right, to being in that kind of situation in high school is to be like, I don't care, like, who cares what you losers think, like, we're all graduating anyways, and I'm never gonna have to see any of you ever again. But she makes a fatal mistake, which is their whole class had agreed to basically nobody was sharing what they were doing the next year so that nobody had to feel bad about where anyone was going to college or not going to college or whatever. And so Molly has been just happily assuming that she is headed to the stars and everyone else is just going straight downhill, right? Yes. Oh my god, and this scene is insane where she finds out that every single person who she looked down upon is going to great schools, if not better schools than her, yeah. and she wasted her life away. She literally so Molly's- attacks Gigi and is like, what school did you go to? And she's like, don't judge me. Oh my, my fifth choice, Harvard. Harvard, yeah. Molly's going to Yale, AAA, also going to Yale. Funny story. Tanner's not going to Yale, though. He's going to Stanford. Theo isn't going to college, but he's just going to get a, a job straight at Google like you do. Yeah. Which, honestly, I have to say, I think is the funniest thing about this scene to me is that I'm like, wow, this is actually, like, the most accurate thing in the world as Molly starts running around the halls is a bunch of, like, mediocre white kids all going to, like, the top schools in the country. Yes. I was like, oh, yes, accurate. There you go. That's 2019 in a nutshell. Well, they also all live in, like, a very wealthy neighborhood. They do. And and to be fair, not all of the people involved in this scene are white, but there are an awful lot of them. And, yeah, it's 100%. It's like, here's a bunch of rich kids. They're all going to Ivy League schools or getting, like, sick jobs straight out of high school. Yes. Yeah, sure. That sounds about right. It is the most accurate thing about a bunch of wealthy kids in the middle of California. Then we get this whole scene where uh, <laughs> Amy and Molly are, like, on top of a mountain. Yeah, they're at, like, a picnic table thing i don't really know where they're supposed I don't know. to be I... they are on some sort of a hill at a picnic table and then you know they decide this is their night they're yeah they're going for it well they decide they only have one night left yes. right because what molly has realized is they basically chose to care i think it's triple a who says it in the in the scene in the bathroom right that they they don't only care about school molly accuses them of not caring about school and triple a is like no we just don't only care about school and so that's what molly realizes is everyone but them did both things they did well in school and they also had a ton of fun and they didn't have a ton of fun with everyone else so they have one night basically one night to go and live it up for the entirety of their high school career yes and molly says the dust bowl can wait bitch and we're (laughs) and we're gonna go party tonight we are gonna change our stories forever is what she says yes what a rousing speech she gives oh yes she really does and amy's like okay i guess let's do this yeah amy could not care any less (laughs) amy is down for the dust bowl let's be real (laughs) there are so many times that i took notes that were just like amy is the classic homebody lesbian amy's 100 me yes it's fine (laughs) amy is like homobody city because there are like four times the first time when molly's like let's do this and she's like i guess the second time when she's like all right i'm ready to go and molly's like no third time she's like all right i've had enough of tonight there's so many times so molly's gonna drag her out and they're gonna go have a good time and get laid and you know all the stuff that dorky teen men have been getting for ages mm-hmm. we finally get our american pie packed <laughs> yes. yes yes so i'm excited this is another part of the drinking game so now they're getting ready and they literally turn around and they're in the same outfit <laughs> they're in the exact 
exact same. Why do they match? It's the funniest thing how they always match. And it's just, it's like so subtly done somehow, but like, it's just beautiful. Well, it's also the fact that like, it's not a normal outfit to match. Right. They're both wearing berets. <laughs> and like jumpsuits. It's not like if you were like, oh, we're both wearing jeans and like a cute exactly. top. Fine. No, no, no. They like 100% match in like the most uh, just We're both wearing ridiculous. Like, yes. what? So they're in the same outfit and you think they're going to be like, oh, you're in the same outfit as me. Like, what are we going to do? But no, they're so happy to be in the same outfit as each other because they both look freaking good and they're going to tell each other. How dare you take my breath away? Who needs an inspirational meditation app when you have friends like these? Yes. Yes. Then we also have this scene where Molly... <laughs> Who let you look so beautiful, Ellie? <laughs> oh, thanks, Lee. You're welcome. I also love this scene where we're having some, some interesting masturbation talk. Oh, my God. Yeah. This is what I'm saying about Molly holding nothing back, right? It's like Amy's basically dying through this whole conversation, and Molly's like actively trying to talk her through having sex with a girl. Yes. You just... You just take what you do, you flip it. You just... It's a down, down, a down flip. Down flip. <laughs> down flip. I mean, that's sort of accurate. She's not wrong. The down flip? Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think that's yeah, fair. You just flip it. Just flip it around. It's just so flip. if you ever need any uh, sex advice from listeners, you just down flip, flip it. Do what you do to yourself and flip it around. Flip it, flip it up, it. down, down, <laughs> flip it. Just flip I it. I also love that... So we find out that Amy <laughs> has been masturbating. <laughs> with her panda <laughs> that that little camera shot to the panda with its little eye hanging off what happened just... to the eye oh my god it's just too much oh my god um there's definitely gonna be a q and gay about that about the strangest things you all have masturbated with so get ready for that we have no uh we have also no filter how do i make a four four choice question for that ellie there's no way yeah yeah we do find out that Molly also tried masturbating with an electric toothbrush and got a UTI. So uh, if you're going to do that, maybe uh, cover the head with something. I don't know. But we don't want you to get any UTIs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they really, they have no boundaries. Zero boundaries. Then we get introduced to Amy's parents. Oh my god. I like, I can't handle the scene with her parents because A, I love them. I mean, they're just... They're so good. B, I swear this is going to be Kelsey and I's parents. 100%. When they, when they walk in and her mom just goes, you girls look fabulous and smart and also brave. And I'm like, oh my God, that's like basically what I just, what I say to Eloise like all the time. Like that's what I tell our daughters already. It's like every time we say anything where I'm like, you are just the cutest and also you're so funny and so smart and so caring and I love you so much. Yes. And I'm like, oh my God, it's me. That's, that's me. You're like, you are beautiful, but look, but you have other things besides your looks. You, you have everything just, too. You're not just your looks. Yeah. yeah. That's like 100% us. Yes. We're absurd. I love to, there are a lot of things about this movie that really like, if I were to take a checklist of like things that I want in a queer film, especially about <laughs> high schoolers, are like, okay, we already have main lesbian already out, right? Mm -hmm, then we have mm -hmm. main lesbian. <laughs> I'm going to just gonna call Amy the main lesbian. Main character lesbian. Parents are supportive. And there mm -hmm. are no questions asked. And we have them be ridiculously weird about her and Molly. 
but only in the way that they're like, how hard can we let you know that we support and love you being a lesbian with your best friend? We have this whole scene where Molly loves making Amy uncomfortable by really emphasizing the fact that they're together, even though they're just friends. But I love the scene with the parents because you can tell they're like, oh, maybe we shouldn't let our our daughter sleep over at her girlfriend's house. But then they're like, you know what? We're supportive. But we want to be supportive. Yeah, we're supportive of yeah. your lesbian sex. So go have fun, ladies. Oh, my <laughs> like, God. So great. And they do make a point to say that Amy's parents are also religious, which I think is also important mm-hmm. to be like, yeah. hey, high school parents, even if you are religious, you should still support your kids. So I just think uh, it's really important. It's super cute how they do it. I love, I mean, A, it's Lisa Kudrow and Will Forte and they're hysterical. And I love, we're probably just going to do a Korean face mask. I don't need to know all the words. <laughs> It's like they're trying so hard to be supportive and have boundaries and they don't have any idea what they're talking about, but they just, they mean well and it's cute. I love it. I also, love them. Also, I'm curious, what do you think a Korean face mask would be? Oh. If it was a wow. sex thing. It's obviously that... something about going down on someone. I could go with that as an explanation, sure. Right? Yeah. <laughs> oh God. I'm like. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you gotta be getting something all over yeah, your Yeah, you got something face. everywhere on your right? face. Yeah. So anyway, so then they go to a party. <laughs> no boundaries, Lee. We have no boundaries here. But yes. Don't knock it till you try it. Don't knock it, okay. it till you try it. Gotcha. Korean face mask. So sorry. So sorry. If you've done the Korean face mask, let us know. <laughs> <laughs> Send us an email uh, at letshangoutpod at gmail.com. Yeah. No pictures, please. So... <laughs> We're not going to make it to the end of this episode. We really are not. So now they're trying to get to this party, but they realize they don't have any friends. Well, yeah, maybe we should clarify. They want to go to Nick's party. Nick, Vice President Nick, is throwing a party. It's going to be the hot party to be at. They want to go to his party. They realize they don't know where the party is. Okay. There we go. So the first person that they think of that they can call is... Lee's favorite, Jer Bear. Jer Bear to the rescue. Jer Bear to the rescue. And uh, this is also part of the drinking game. They get into his car and he's listening to lean in. <laughs> so uh, anytime Jared's saying something <laughs> strangely feminist, <laughs> like, uh, I like to listen to powerful women before I party, you have to drink. He's such a character. There's so many things about Jared, especially, God, like this scene, like this scene where he's driving them in the car, everything that he says... I love Jared showing up and just being like, traffic was nerds. Like, every absolutely, line. ladies. Every oh, line. Oh, my God. Every line. And then, yeah, he's listening to Lean In, but he drives away and his license plate literally says, fuck boy. Yep. I just, I cannot handle Jared. He's too much for me. Yeah. He is a walking contradiction, but he's mostly amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Also terrible, but also I love yes. him. Yes. <laughs> yes. The thing about Jared is, as we find out through the movie, he's just a high school boy. Yeah. He wants to be cool. He wants people to but like. But he doesn't, he doesn't know but how. But he has no He has clue. no idea how. He has no clue how to make people like him. And he no. tries way too hard. So we're driving in Jared's car. And Amy and Molly find Gigi's tin of special things in the back. And then they start talking to each other in Cantonese. Oh my god. I cannot believe them. Did you ever have like a... 
a language with your friends in high school? Not in high school. Mine was earlier, like when we were kids. Okay, what did you speak? Like Pig Latin? It was basically Pig Latin. It was it was like a French equivalent of Pig Latin. Mm, intense. So you were speaking in French, but also not. Well, I was in France at the time. Oh. <laughs> All right, well, so, that'll do it. So so there was like a French similar idea to Pig Latin that was called Javanais, and we used to speak Javanais. It's kind of the same idea. You like you take every syllable that you say, and then you like repeat the sound of it, but after like a D and a G. I literally did the same thing in English. What was it called it's in called English? gibberish. So, like, a sentence that I would say to you is, like, let's see. It a guy, let a gov, did a gay, or a kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, like, it was basically okay, that. Okay, yeah. great. But in French. Yeah, that makes all. a lot of sense. So, we could talk in our secret language, Lee. Oh, my God. We'll have a secret gay language, and it's going to be fantastic. <laughs> let's just record a whole podcast episode in our secret language and see how everybody many people can would understand love that. us. I think everybody would just really enjoy that. Yeah. We'll just do the rest of the episode all that right, way. Done, it's going to be great. Done. But Cantonese is like uh, gibberish to Amy and Molly, which is also just proves so much about them. The thing I love about this movie is like everything is so thought through. Yes. Right? It just feels like there's nothing in there that's like a throwaway. Like everything is so, so on the nose. It's so perfect. That's why I have too many notes for this episode. Yes, because there's you just want to talk about every single thing that ha- like every line every is line. just oh my god. I literally I wrote the script like while I'm taking notes. <laughs> and I'm like trying to just be like okay, overarching things. We can do this. So we have them trying to figure out what to do with what they assume is cocaine. And they're like let's dump it out the window and then all of a sudden uh the car stops. And we go to the back seat and see that there is white powder all over. Oh, just everywhere. Head to toe. Everywhere. They're covered. And they're basically like, just do not breathe. Because if they do breathe, they will OD. And we find out it's not Coke. It's just vitamin D and B12. And Gigi likes to snort it. You know. Oh, yeah. Like you do. Just like usual high school stuff. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that would be usual high school stuff for someone like Gigi. Yes. Yes. Well, I would have actually assumed that it was really cocaine. But it's way funnier that it's b oh we'll get that it's vitamin d and b12 (laughs) so we're okay they're just covered in powder no biggie they're gonna i don't know be very energized which they would have been on coke as well but you know different (laughs) so then we find out this is jared's party that they're at we are not at nick's party he didn't drive him to nick's party he drove them to his own party oh poor jared like on a yacht on a yacht so we know our, Jared's obviously very wealthy as well. I have a question. Are okay. Jared and Gigi related? I get the impression not just from how Molly and Amy talk about them in the beginning, where it seems like they are acting like he's being friend-zoned in some way. So I have this weird theory that they're like secretly twins. <laughs> oh, I could totally get behind that. And they that. just don't want to tell anyone. I don't know why. There was this one line that Jared says towards the end where he's like, yeah, at home, blah, 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 talking about Gigi. And I was like, wait, are they related? Are they related? That, yeah, I could totally see that. I went to high school with like a brother and sister that I did not know were related for, for like a while. Yeah. So they're either best friends or related. We don't know. But both of them have a shit ton of money, clearly. Yes. Because Jared also got the caterers that did Sasha Obama's Sweet 16 <laughs> for his yacht party. Yes. His yacht party where you're going to get consensually bashed. Only consensual bashing is what is what Jared is about. And yes, consensual bashing with respect for Sasha. Yes. Yes. 
Love it. We show up to the party and no one is there. And it's so sad. I know. It's so sad. It's like, it's so much because he is terrible. And so I totally get why nobody's there. But also I feel so bad. It's so sad. And he made gift baskets and everything. And he's trying so hard. And they have that whole conversation with him and Molly where she's like, you can't buy people liking you. And he's like, sure you can. Like, my dad does it all the time. And I'm just like, Uh, oh, chair bear. It's sweetie. It's rough. It's rough. But who do I love more? Jared trying to buy the love of everyone around him or Gigi who is in love with Amy. (laughs) So that's the thing. I feel like this is almost it's not a should have been gay, but like I want to do at the end, like all of our ships because like, oh, my God. I ship Amy and Gigi so hard as well. This scene, I mean, it's funny because it's like they're clearly trying to lay the groundwork for Jared being into Molly more, right? Because they have that whole thing where he's like, you try hard at everything. Like, that's what I like yeah. so much about you. And he's so cute and endearing and un- so like, earnest, earnest with it, yeah. which is what I love. But then at the same time, you have Gigi, like, licking Amy, being like, you taste like my vitamins. I'm in love with you. <laughs> <laughs> and then literally fighting, like, about to fight to the death. <laughs> you can't talk to my best friend that way (laughs) she literally shatters a bottle and says she's gonna fight the caterer who literally did nothing starts the fireworks and then jumps off the boat before we talk about Gigi jumping off the boat i know we said we're not gonna talk about every single line in this and just basically replay replay the script for everyone but can we just take a hot second to talk about this one line of Gigi's because it so perfectly encapsulates everything about Gigi and I have to say it. I lost my virginity in what I thought was a park, but it turned out to be a graveyard and now the ghost spirits live inside my eggs waiting to be reborn. (laughs) And the best part is she prefaces that with saying something similar happened to me once. (laughs) Something similar. (laughs) This is how Gigi's going to try to relate to Amy. She's amazing. And then, yes, she jumps off the boat with a rousing to the future and just, like, literally jumps off the side of a yacht. And they must be, like, 20, 30 feet up on that top deck. Like, I don't know. But if nobody has jumped from that high, like, it's high. Yes. (laughs) It's high to just dive off a boat into water If we never saw Gigi again, I would be actually less surprised than what happens throughout the rest of this film yeah Yeah. it's not the last we'll see no of of fairy oh no thank god it's also not the last party that they're gonna go to. no but it is the last party that amy wants to go to which is a yet another (laughs) amy is so me yeah uh (laughs) this was you and i in new orleans basically i'm like next party next party and you're and i'm like let's go to bed (laughs) and i'm like malala (laughs) (laughs) oh my god so amy wants to leave but Molly calls Malala. Malala is their code for getting each other to, you have to give your full support, no questions asked, you just... You just do it. Balls to the wall. Yes. And it's very important because Molly uses her Malala and Amy's like, okay. And later we will see it is not a reciprocal relationship. It is not. So they get a lift to the next party because here we go. They hop into their lift, and it is Jason Sudeikis. Principal Jason Sudeikis. Principal Brown. Is also a lift driver, which is also a commentary on the social standing of the education system. A very accurate Very accurate. One. It shouldn't be that teachers need to have a side gig. 
And Olivia Wilde is very clearly <laughs> making Love a social it. commentary with this Lyft driver. No, but also valid. And <laughs> the way that his Lyft is decorated is insane. He has chili lights all over the place. And he's so awkward. Just so bad. Oh, it's so much. One of my favorite things is, so he starts telling them he's a, that he's a writer. And he does this thing that a lot of men do when they're talking to lesbians. And he's like, oh, you'll both like this. Oh, Amy, you'll really like this. I have uh, I have this idea for a detective novel, and it's about a woman, a lady detective. Amy, you like ladies, right? Yeah, basically. Basically. Who has not had that conversation with one of their Lyft drivers? And, <laughs> and basically, she's pregnant, and the baby kicks whenever she's near a clue or something. <laughs> so weird. But I just love that he's like, oh, I know you're a lesbian, Amy. This is also so such a good example of like men write like there's a whole twitter about like men write women right yes. where it's like male writers writing female characters and this also is the funniest thing to me because it's the best example of a dude trying to write an experience he knows nothing, nothing. about it's like oh the baby kicks when she's close to a clue and i'm like dude if you've ever been pregnant, the baby kicks all the fucking time always, no matter what you're close to. It does not matter. Yes. I'm like, you'd never be able to distinguish the kicking for a clue from the just general kicking that is constant and nonstop for months and months and months and months of your life inside your body. But like, good try, man. Good try. Yes. He's like, totally, totally understand the female pregnancy experience. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's, but it's, he's just writing such a like forward thinking novel. Yeah. He's great. Yeah. He's very uh, progressive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then... <laughs> We have Molly and Amy talking about Amy's sex life and how Amy's going to be neck deep in Ryan. In what? Is that the Korean face mask? Yeah. Oh, it must be. Neck deep. Okay. Neck deep. Gotcha. Amy's still feeling a little unsure. Yeah. The best way to let Amy know how, how to do the Korean face mask with Ryan is to show her porn in the backseat of their principal's lift. Yeah, watch watch your porn in the backseat of your principal's car. That's the best place to watch porn. Yeah, yeah. And I <laughs> I don't really know exactly how to describe the sounds that are coming. So, <laughs> but I was, so they end up plugging, <laughs> they end up plugging the phone in. <laughs> and the sounds of the porn come on the, the Bluetooth, basically, of the principal's car. I do want to let you know that I was watching the movie with subtitles. And so <laughs> the caption that came on for this particular part, part in my language, just in parentheses, said, sounds of female squelching. <laughs> so oh, um, no. just look up squelching oh, no. if you need to know what's really happening during that scene. <laughs> such a horrible word to right? associate with it <laughs> it's also i mean to be fair it's a horrible sound the sound that they play i really want to know what they did actually find to make that sound effect there's nothing good about it i feel like this scene is like so many things all at once it's like don't watch porn in a in a lift don't watch porn anywhere within like a, a one mile radius of your school principal and also like don't bother trying to find lesbian porn because it's probably all gonna sound like that and it's just bad Yes. Just not a if you're trying to actually find lesbian sex tips, maybe porn is not the place to go. But yeah, so that scene is ridiculously uncomfortable. Is that Cardi B? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then we go to our second party of the night. Surprise, oh surprise. My God. I cannot handle it. It's this not party. Nick's party. I, I will say if I was in high school, this is the party I would have been at. <laughs> Let's be real. I would have had so much fun at this party. I know. If I've... you want to get me to go to a second party, Ellie, invite me to this party. Yes. Yes. 
So we have a murder mystery party. This is the party that I would drag uh, Kelsey to, and she would hate me forever. And I would have the best time. Would she get cast as the orthodontist? or <laughs> <laughs> Kelsey would try her damnedest to not get cast as anything for any reason ever. <laughs> Wait, I do have to tell you. Oh my have God, you ever tell been me. to a murder mystery party? I haven't. So I have been to one. And it was in my adult life. Like it was like, I was like 23. And we met these people out at like a brewery. And they were like, oh, come to our pirate murder mystery party on Sunday. We do them every year. Oh, my God. I would be so there. I would be sold. I literally in two days got a costume, like, (laughs) (laughs) like showed up prepared for this thing. And it was pretty intense. Like, we got characters. I was a journalist. I was trying to uncover the murder. Like, what's happening here? And I got very into it. Amazing. So, yeah, I would want, like, 10 out of 10 recommend doing your own murder mystery party. It was really fun. We need to throw a murder mystery, Ellie. Yeah, I mean, what we can, right? Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah. Okay. We need, we're doing a murder mystery party next. As soon as we can, everyone. You're we're all invited. Okay. <laughs> gay murder mystery. Oh, shit. I bet you they don't have How any gay ones. How amazing would that be? Yeah, it'd be so good. I mean, this one's pretty gay because we... <laughs> We have, oh my God, Alan, Alan, when they walk in. Big part of our drinking game as well, whenever Alan is absolutely extra. He and looks fantastic, though. He looks amazing. That outfit needs, like, snaps. So much, he so needs much. snaps. Like, he's monologuing. And my favorite part of this monologue is that there's a part where he goes, like a dog in the streets, and it pants to George, and George is <laughs> mouthing <laughs> the monologue <laughs> along with him. Like, you know, he's they- like the perfect pageant mom. Yes. You know, they've rehearsed it like over and over for this. Oh, my God. Yeah. But he also says, you're at a 10. I need you at a two. So (laughs) not the first time that he's done that. We get our characters and Amy is the adorable farmer (laughs) and Molly is the hideous barren orthodontist. I love it so much. And Amy, this is this is the other reason Amy's me, right? Is she's just totally she's like, this is my character? Great. So like what's my backstory? And she's like asking like all these questions. And Molly's just like, no, no, we are not staying here for We're this. Not like, doing do this. not ask questions. Yes. Do not get in character. Yes. Oh God. It's insane. <laughs> but you know who is in character and who else is there? Gigi. Gigi. She's she's the mayor. Of course she is. How long has she been there? Like <laughs> and how 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 did she get there she was there before them but she had jumped into the water (laughs) how are you dry how are you dry (laughs) literally no sense but great we also find out that the girls have taken some strawberries that Gigi fed them on the yacht we missed that part but she fed them strawberries that were dipped in asian (laughs) waska it's like ayahuasca but Asian. Whew. Asian waska. And this is where they really, you know, this is at least two years of the fun, I think. Oh my God. In this scene. So they start tripping and then turn into Barbie dolls. They start tripping so hard. Why not? <laughs> well, first they're freaking out, then they're Barbie dolls, then they're they're freaking out Barbie dolls because they don't have genitals. <laughs> then they're freaking out Barbie dolls because they're like, this is not feminist. But then they're like, wait. Amy, at least. Amy is so into her Barbie doll. So into her Barbie doll body. Oh my god. She like cannot stop touching her own boobs. She's just like stroking with her little doll hands. Just stroking her smooth, smooth, plasticky boobs. (laughs) Which is just like so gay because... (laughs) It's so gay. So gay. 
Oh my god. So. And it's like the scene the scene itself, I don't know that I completely get all of why it's there, but I feel like it's worth it even just for the like split second when they show them walking out of that party yeah. and they're both walking past the rest of the murder mystery party and they do this little like stiff robot walk, but in like real life now, it's like the real life actresses doing this silly little like yes. robot doll walk out of the party and I'm like just for that scene alone, I die. Worth oh it. my god, I die. Worth are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores, and it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. With Rakuten, membership is free, and when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of the 15% cash back. You won't see higher cash back rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. So then they finally leave the party, and Amy wants to go home yet again, drink. And this is when Amy and Molly get into their first real fight, I would say. At least a mini tiff. No one likes when couples fight. No. We also find out here that Molly likes Nick, which is a big revelation because we we really didn't understand why Molly really, really wanted to go to the party. Of course, she wants to like, she wants to have fun, but she really wants to go to the party because she wants to see Nick and she wants to, you know, make out with him or whatever. <laughs> like, am I in high school? But this is the point where Amy slaps Molly, which thank God, Ooh. but <laughs> she slaps Molly because she's like, don't you ever talk about my best friend like that. Molly has is all down on herself. She's like, you know, Nick would never like me. I'm not hot and perfect and whatever. And Amy's like, no, bitch, you're gorgeous. You think they're going to fight? And then really it's like, oh, no, she just loves her. They're, they're just building they're so each cute. other up. So then we finally, finally, we're going to get to Nick's. Let's freaking get to Nick's. <laughs> I'm... <laughs> I'm trying to get to Nick's more than these two are. So they go to the library. <laughs> they they don't find the address in the library. And then... No, but they have a plan to, to find the party, which is they're going to do what they do best. Homework. Motherfucking homework. Yes. So accurate. So accurate. But they don't find the address. 
they do find a video of all these pizza boxes and they're like, okay, whoever delivered that pizza, that's who we got to talk to. This Which scene. instead of just going and asking at the pizza place, instead they decide to go pretend to hold up the pizza driver, the pizza delivery guy in his car with their hair tied over their their faces and they're pretending that they have weapons but they don't have a weapon and the the pizza delivery guy is just he's very confused and distraught about this whole thing and he's like he's like why you know he has a gun he like whips out his gun on them they're freaking out they're like we're possibly committing a felony if we have a weapon but now he has a gun on us and like the whole thing's just a, they're a mess they're out of control but <laughs> they do get the address they do get the address he gives them the address and they have very, very limited ability to get a ride to this address because they only have one phone and it is about to die and they have one quick second to make one phone call and boy do they make that phone call count because... Miss Fine, baby. Who would you call? Miss... Miss Fine. Mi who are you gonna call? Miss Fine. Fine. They call Miss Fine, who shows up to pick them up. And this is this is another scene with Miss Fine where you're like, I love you, but you're so problematic. Everything about this scene is problematic. Like every story Miss Fine is telling them, she's like, I'm banned from Jamba Juice. And you're like, why are you telling your students this story? Yes. <laughs> like, yes. This is this is not the appropriate conversation. And then she uh offers to let them get changed with clothes that she just has in the back of her car. I will say too, the clothes that they put on. Miss Fine would not wear that. But I don't think, they're not all supposed to be her clothes either, are they? Like, some of them are just, like, clothes that she has. She makes some comment about why she has these clothes in the back She's of like, I'm, a t I'm like a woman in my, t like, late 20s. I just have clothes in my car. You're like, okay, cool. I think, I'm, okay. I'm guessing it's because she, like, sleeps over at a lot of people's houses. That was, yeah. like, the idea that it gave me. But None of it's appropriate. But so they decide to get changed in the back of Miss Fine's car, and they... <laughs> They walk out of this car, and of course, they fucking match again. Again. It's, it's too much. Again. And not only do they fucking match again, but instead of saying anything about it again, they are just going to do this, like, five-minute-long inspirational build-up back and forth. Oh, my God. I love it. It's so good. They're too much. But in those matching shiny outfits, they do finally, finally make it to their to party. party. To the party of the year. This scene is so weird. So they walk. The dance scene? The dance It's so cute, though. <laughs> the dance scene. So I just wrote, they finally make it to Nick's party. They get there, and Molly and Nick do a dance where they touch each other's heads a lot. <laughs> <laughs> That's accurate. Which is That's true. an accurate it's representation true. of this They're scene. very but good. I also, they're the, good dancers. The thing I love about this scene is that I feel like it's important for two reasons. One, it gives us some insight into Molly, right? Because up until now, Molly has been that character that we're like, she's so open. She has no reservations, like no holds barred. But Molly does have this huge thing that she's been keeping very much inside, yes. right? And like, that's one of the things that I love about this, the dance sequence is there's no one else in that dance sequence. It is Molly and it is Nick and that's it, right? And I feel like that's very accurate for like what Nick is to Molly. Like he is a very private thing to her yes he's right? a dance sequence I love in her that. head yes it's it's in her head and i feel like this is exactly like molly's take on this whole situation with nick is it's like this is not something that she wants to 
be sharing with other people. This is something that, that Molly wants to have for herself. The other thing that I love about it is that up until now, all we've really seen about Nick is he is like the quintessential jock idiot of the school. Yes. And I love this dance sequence because it doesn't just show us a little bit of like Molly's headspace. It also shows us who Nick is in Molly's head. Yes. That Do you know what like, I mean? Is he's like, graceful. He's like, yeah. yeah. And he's emotional and he's supportive and he's like a partner. And like, I do like that. I think that we have to see him through Molly's eyes for a bit because otherwise you're just like, what the what fuck, What the Molly? fuck is this dude? Yeah. And also because it's so accurate. Who among us did not have that horrible, horrible crush when you're like in middle school and you're like, I'm definitely also have a huge crush on like the biggest jock in school, even though they're like a complete waste. There's no connection there and you would have nothing between you. Like, yes, you all do that. I We've all it. done that. I get it. Straight Ellie understands. Straight Ellie, right? Yeah. Exactly. Like when we were all pretending, we all we all did the same thing. Yes. Where you like built up this fake version of a person in your head that didn't exist in real life. Yes, one hundred percent. But when Molly and Nick actually talk and are flirting a bit, at least like we get that scene where it's like, okay, you can see like his charm. You can see he he seems like the type of person who like just like changes himself around whoever he's with. Like he he's probably a Pisces. He's definitely a Pisces. <laughs> no, but he clearly, like, he starts talking to Molly about Harry Potter. She's a uh, half Ravenclaw, half half Slytherin. Mm-hmm. She's like, he sees mm-hmm. me. So you can see a little bit more of that in that scene, too. So you under- I think you understand a little bit more why, or at least why she's so into Nick. We also find out that Gigi's there again. Again. Gigi just keeps showing up everywhere, and it's, like, too much. Literally everywhere. I also took this note, Theo taking out his braids. So he's wearing like two braids and Miss Fine walks in and he sees her and he takes out the braids. (laughs) That's literally like me when I'm out and I'm like, I don't want to deal with my hair right now. I'm like, oh, pictures. (laughs) Take it out. Take it out. Take it out. Yeah. Again, that whole thing is, is very problematic. The, but we've seen it in so other, many other teen movies that it's like, I still do like that it does turn the trope on its head, where it's like, okay, like yes. the guy, the teenage guy sleeps with a hot teacher. Actually, I guess that still happens. And they do make they do make a point to mention many times that he has been held back a number of times. Yes. So he is, 20. He is of, of legal age. It doesn't make it less weird. It's still weird. Yes. In a lot of ways, but, you know, kudos to them for at least making it not, like, illegal and weird. Yes. Great. But there's so much happening all at once, because we didn't mention, they show up and they basically, like, divide and conquer to, like, accomplish their respective goals, right? Where Amy's gonna go find Ryan and Molly's gonna go find Nick, and so they're they're kind of, like, separated at this party. Amy is who runs into Gigi, yes. right? Because then they have, that, they have that whole, oh my god, also the karaoke at this party, like... So much. So much. I love that Gigi's not the only person who's there. Like, George is there, too, doing karaoke. Okay, also, wait. If we're going to talk about our Gigi and Amy ship, can we talk about when Gigi sees Amy, right? Yes. And, like, and she has this one line where she's like, God, I've missed you. Fuck. And you're just like, (laughs) wow, wow. Like, why didn't you two hook up that night? Like, Yeah, I would have been down for that. I would have been so down for that. Yeah. Also... I don't know how much we're going to talk about the karaoke scene, or are we done talking about... I I think we should talk about it a little bit. (laughs) Okay. So, number one, 
you ought to know, great choice for the scene. How many yeah. times have I seen some queer person singing Alanis? George's Alanis impression is amazing. Also, him shushing the audience. Yes. Like, literally, he's so, like, so much. don't sing along. This is my song. <laughs> it's... If I'm Amy, are you George in this movie? Is that what's happening? Yes. Okay. I'm 100% George, and I will I will embrace that with open arms. I love it. Yeah. Um, also, he says, you ought to know. And then he's like, Alan. <gasps> like, he's clearly, something is going on with him and Alan. So, amazing. <laughs> Sorry, there's too much about this karaoke scene. <laughs> Ellie has three pages just on the karaoke scene. Well, Amy starts to sing, and she starts singing, you ought to know. And she's freaking good. Like she has a yeah. she has a good voice and you can tell everyone's like sort of mesmerized by Amy and George just says she has no breath control but it's good. <laughs> George, you are George. You I are George. literally am George. I'm like fuck. I'm like I've literally been George at karaoke. Damn it. I'm like no breath control but like she's she's trying. <laughs> But yeah, so I felt very seen in good ways and bad ways by that whole uh, George karaoke scene. So Okay, there's the karaoke scene. It, that's where Amy has, has shuttled off to. Molly's playing beer pong with Nick. They're having that whole flirting conversation. This, oh God, watching this scene, my heart already hurts, hurts for her. Because you just, you just know. You're like, you know it's going to be too good to be true. He's being so, so charming and so flirty and so everything. And like... She is just eating it up, eating that shit up. It's so it's like you can just see that she's like, it's all happening. And you're like, it's, it's not, not it's not going to happen. But you're not there yet. So Amy did find Ryan and they're now going. They like wander out to the pool. Everyone's skinny dipping in the pool. Wait, you know what we miss? Amy trying to figure out if Ryan's gay. Oh, my God. We did miss and that. We have you're to so talk right. about it. I'm sorry. OK. The Uganda conversation. <laughs> so this scene is just amazing because we don't know if Ryan's gay or not. Amy is all of us in this scene. Amy is literally all of us. So Amy's, in trying to ask if Ryan's gay, she basically says, oh, I could never go to Uganda. Like, they would kill me there because I'm gay. And she's like, would they kill you in Uganda? Literally the most depressing thing to ever like connect with being gay and she's like yeah hey would and and still ryan is not getting it and does not answer and ryan is yeah ryan is just so oblivious oblivious to everything that's happening which like should be amy's big hint that ryan is is not gay right because if she was gay uh, she'd be like yeah i would right she's like amy is trying so hard to lay down all these like subtle little hints and ryan it's just like yeah straight over her head like just ryan is catching nothing that is happening ryan's just like that's cute i love countries (laughs) Uh, and amy's like yeah countries that would kill me for being a homosexual though are you uh are you also afraid of those countries and like just nothing Nothing. like nothing Nothing. is nothing is landing yeah it's who among us has not had that conversation where you're like desperately trying to like figure out if someone is also queer in any way or not and you were just like heavy-handed dropping all of these hints like left and right and just like striking out nothing rough rough but she's holding on to hope so well not quite yet oh yes (laughs) 
she's holding on to hope for Ryan, and so she follows Ryan out to the pool. They jump in the pool, and she, like, immediately kind of loses Ryan. We have this underwater swimming scene. It's very artsy. It's beautiful music. And she comes up above water to the distressing sight of Ryan and Nick making out with each other. Oof. And so, again, now I'm going to add to my Molly and Amy ship column, which is that Amy's first immediate thought is she doesn't stand there and wallow. She doesn't, like, go off and be sad about it. The very first thing that she knows that she has to do is she has to go find Molly. And get her out of there. And protect her and save her from witnessing this herself because she cares so much about Molly. I know. So she does, she goes to find Molly and she's trying, she just wants her to leave. She's like, we have to leave right now. Leave the party. Molly's still living in this, this, you know, no, we're flirting. He's being so funny and smart and sweet and charming and like, and this is this is where we get it, Ellie. Malala, our second Malala. <laughs> I'm of sorry. The night. Yes, where Amy says Malala, and Molly is not having it, and you're like, ugh, the first time. No questions asked. I know the first time your friend picks a boy over you, and you're trying to protect them from that idiot boy. Mm-hmm. Rough, rough. It's so rough, and I hate this fight. Oh my god, they just lay into each other, and it's like they're they're just dredging up everything, everything. like every everything that's that they've ever had between the two of them is like you know keeping secrets from each other. Amy's not just going for the summer; she's going for a whole year, and she didn't even tell Molly, and now Molly's upset because. She, they have their whole lives planned and they're not going to be graduating together. And then Amy's upset because she's like, well, you only care about that because you have to plan everything for us and you make all of our decisions. And they're both screaming at each other that they're bad friends and I can't take it. I know, it's so rough. Also, I'm like, wait, friends? Question mark. (laughs) She's like, you made the plans. I, you, you told me I'm carrying the baby and you're like, (laughs) (laughs) you didn't even ask me if I wanted to carry our baby. (laughs) It's so accurate. This is 100% like a relationship It's a lesbian fight, yeah. But I think that's why it's so bad because they care about each other so much and they're just, they're really like going for the, for the deep cuts right now. You know what's funny? The deep cuts are bad, but then they cut the sound. Just, it's like a little slowed down and it's just them with only music, like no sound you don't hear what they're saying you just see everyone watching them yelling at each other and oh it's so much worse i'm like why is it so much worse when you can't even hear what they're saying and but you just know you know like you just because you know know they've said like the unspeakable like they're cutting the sound because they've said shit they should never have said It's so bad. It's bad. Yeah. And of course, everyone around them is filming it. (laughs) Yes, because they are teenagers in 2019. And I'm like, damn, that is also like such a fucked up layer of like, Mm -hmm. they're going to have this like on camera, like forever, this forever. Yeah. Yeah. Basically. Or I guess for the next 24 hours on someone's Instagram story, but. Love the future. Still. Yeah. (laughs) It's a great time to be a kid. So they have this fight. They basically, they break up. They go their separate ways. And so now, again, we have sort of like these two diverging things happening. So Amy heads to the bathroom. Thank God. So Amy runs off to be alone in the bathroom, but she's 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 not not alone. alone. Someone's already in that bathroom. And that someone is Hope. 
Hope, our bitchy, bitchy girl from the very beginning of the movie, who we haven't really seen much else of, right? She hasn't she hasn't really shown up much. Yes. She shows up now to get it on with Amy. Okay, the first time I saw this, very unexpected. Second time I saw it, yes. I was like, the hints have been there. Like, mm-hmm. yes, yes. But very unexpected. Yeah, I think right we're now. all Amy the first time around. We're like, you don't see it coming until it's happening, and then you're like, oh. oh. Here, like she has mm. been, she has been pretty mean to me. Yeah, but no, exactly. Hope is like a schoolyard bully. Yeah, like she literally is. It's like they they play her off, and it's I think it's why you fall for it like the first time through is you're like, oh, she's just like the bitchy girl, but she's not the bitchy girl. She's like the bully who's totally into Amy and like does not know how to, to express, express feelings it. yet. Yep, and who wears <laughs> some amazing outfits. Uh huh. And I love Amy in this scene because Amy is like, she's like just kind of recovering from this whole thing with Ryan. And I like how she's just like, an opportunity has presented itself. <laughs> yeah, she's like, you know what? I said I was going to do this thing, so I'm going to do this, do the damn thing. And yeah, so they, she says something rude to her and then they make out, right? She basically calls her a bitch, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah, where she, she like calls her out basically on being like, you know, you think this is like a personality, but like you're really just being a bitch. Yeah. And I think like Hope's kind of into it. Yeah, and she's like, oh <laughs> shit, you call me out. Hope's like, Hope's like, yeah, like read me to filth, Amy, do it. Yes. And then, and then yeah, and so they just like, they kind of start making out and then... In that, like, is such a typical way of, like, a high school party where they're like, oh, we, like, kissed. Let's take our clothes Better off. Better have sex. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's no other option here. Yeah, I mean, clearly we're in a bathroom on the floor. So, like, I think this is the next logical step here is you start, like, pulling each other's clothes off. The thing that I do think is accurate about that, though, is, like, I feel like you can tell Amy has been out for a while, but Amy has not really hooked up with a girl. Yes. And so I think you can tell Amy's like, this is happening, better, better make it count. And I feel like in my mind, Hope has been very closeted. And now it's like kind of all simmering to the surface. And it's like, it's our last night in high school. And like, if it's going to happen, better happen now. Yes. I don't know. For me, with Hope, I was like, she's done this before. Yeah, I could see that too. I don't know. She seemed very much like, she definitely is like surprised. I think she's surprised that it's Amy, but I don't think she's like surprised about (laughs) lesbian sex if that makes sense it does i could see that yeah she doesn't she doesn't seem like hesitant yes at all but yeah so amy tries to take her her own pants off has a real hard time and the thing that i also love about this sex scene and also hate because it's so uncomfortable (laughs) is that you know it's we're into it hope is hot amy's hot whatever but it's also ridiculously awkward in high school it's so it's so accurately awkward though yes and so amy you know she's gonna go for it she's like all right let's do this put these fingers somewhere oh my god (laughs) (laughs) she asks hope uh, is this okay for you and we realize that her oh. fingers are not in the right hole. I, God, I want to know how many takes it took to say with a straight face. I don't think that's the hole you think it is. Literally. The thing is, too. Amy, how did you mess up the down flip? The down, the down flip, flip so Amy. <laughs> Whew. Poor girl. Oh, my God. It's just... It's so much. It's so much. Literally, my notes, my notes from when I rewatched this on my flight, I just have in all caps, oh, Amy, you sweet summer child. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then the very next note after that just says, oh 
Oh no, throwing up on her. <laughs> so rough. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> then, yes. Yeah, so Everything about this scene is so rough. So bad. So she doesn't do it right. She vomits on her and hopes, like, get the fuck out. She basically fingers her up the ass <laughs> and then throws up <laughs> That's Amy's. That's Amy's first glorious time. first time. Yeah. <laughs> Who hasn't had that experience, right? <laughs> oh my god, I'm like, I'm crying. I can't. Oh, it's just so it's much. It's <laughs> so bad. It's so bad. Oh, but god. yeah. Okay. We get it. Let me let me segue us to Molly, because otherwise I'm just gonna cry about this whole scene. So while this is happening, Molly is off at the fireplace with Chair Bear. Oh, Chair Bear. Chair Bear. And Chair Bear, again, is being so like earnest and also hilariously ridiculous and so a you get like you get this real moment of jared sort of kind of reckoning with how people see him yes right and he's and he like asks just so openly like do people really think i had sex with a prostitute like and you can just see it like actually it really matters to him and i'm like oh jared oh and he's like nobody in this school knows me at all except for Gigi. And we pan and to Gigi, like, <laughs> being a Just psycho. doing a straight belly flop into the pool. And, like, yeah, I mean, you can just see that there's, like, there's a reality to that relationship that they have together that is just so cute. And then we learn that Jared does care about things. Two things, to be precise. He cares about airplanes and musicals. Because audiences deserve something original like a new musical which like 100% there with you Jared I know I'm I, like man after my own heart Jared right write us an original Literally, airplanes like, musical we get to this scene and I'm like how is Jared like my favorite person in this movie because he's so terrible and I love him so much yeah, I get it <laughs> he's, he's just so ridiculous and I think you can see like this is the turning point of like Molly kind of starting to see a different side of Jared as well mm -hmm. and and I love it. And it's cute until she also sees Nick and Ryan making out. Which Amy tried to prevent, but she didn't listen it to the Malala. It all comes crashing down. Whew. So, I know. It's rough. It, it is rough. It's, it's rough on both of them. It's a rough night all around. Yeah. <laughs> like with most high school parties, nobody's having a, a great night. At least Amy got some. Uh, well, some did, did she though? Some booty. Did she? Uh, Hope was kind of a pillow princess in that scene. I'm just saying. Mm, you're right. So there you go. We're going to bring the party to an end, though, because cops are there. Cops have shown up. Molly takes off with most of the people at the party to start walking home. Except she doesn't doesn't have to walk home because guess who picks her up? Triple A for that roadside assistance. Triple A there when you need her. Yep. And we have this cute scene with her and Triple A kind of, you know, like learning a little bit about each other as as real people, which I think is cute. Uh, I also love that they do let Triple A have her own agency over, you know, wanting to have sex. Like, yes. We actually get her, her side of the story, which yeah. is also just like, yeah, I did it. But like, why are you all like calling me a hoe bag? Great. She's like, <laughs> she so maybe that, I wanted to like, have sex. Like, yeah. She goes, I'm not going to suck a dick at my own home, which, like, 
is so accurate Honestly, when you're in high school. <laughs> like, so valid. Yeah. She's really... Um, so good for you, We know why she got into Yale. She's very intelligent. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Clearly, clearly uh, a thinker. Yeah, problem solver. So, Molly's getting a ride from AAA. Ooh, maybe we ship Molly in AAA. Hmm. Honestly, I was uh, thinking it. Yeah, you get... Oh, someone could write a beautiful story of them and at Yale. Yale. Yeah. I love it. I'm here for it. So, Molly's with AAA. Amy decides not to run from the cops, but rather to sacrifice herself to save everyone else who is trapped at this party. And it is just the funniest thing to have her just decide, you know, she's been like, no, I want to go home. Let's go. I don't want to go to another party. I'm done. I'm, let's say this murder mystery. I can do that. And like to just the 180 of like, I'll take on the cops for everyone. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. She really lives. She, she lives a lot in that night. We find out how much the next morning when Molly wakes up and wakes up to just a barrage of notifications on her phone. And we get to see finally, I think someone took like a video of Amy yes. getting arrested by the cops, which is the funniest goddamn thing in my life. It's just Amy monologuing at the cops basically as she's getting arrested. Do you know there are more prisons than colleges in the United States? And like they're walking her up to the cop car and she's like, shotgun, just kidding. I don't have one. Oh my God. <laughs> Best line. It's such a good line. So yeah, so she learns that Amy got arrested, saving everyone from this party. And so she's got to go pick her up in jail. Yeah. Conjugal visit. Conjugal <laughs> visit in jail. 100%. Amy is a badass. I, I also love that she's like literally like at the little phone thing where I'm like, eh. That would never happen. <laughs> she, I'm like, okay, in, insight into Ellie's life. I am not a hood rat, but personally, but my family are hood rats. And what Amy would have gotten is PC'd. <laughs> which is protective custody and they would have called her parents and she would have gone home that's all okay so it lest anyone be fooled by this movie not realistic not realistic unlike everything else that's happened yes. so far unrealistic so also unrealistic is that molly manages to break amy out of jail thanks to their information about the strangler who happens to be the, the pizza, man. pizza delivery guy. Yeah, so they're going to leverage their knowledge of where this, like, mass murderer is to get Amy out of jail in time for graduation, which, like, none of this is realistic, but it's cute, and it's yeah, funny, and it's just like... Uh, let it let it happen for comedic relief. It's you fine. let it happen for the sake of the movie. It's a cute little throwback, and it gets cute them out Cute little throwback to a murderer. <laughs> yeah, cute cute throwback to the murder, murder pizza guy. Pe pizza, <laughs> pizza murderer. Pizza murderer. Pizza strangler. Yeah. So now they have to make a a mad dash to graduation to get to graduation on time because graduation is starting without them, mm -hmm. everyone. How dare they? It is unacceptable. Equally unacceptable is Miss Fine cringe. Slept with Theo, clearly. Oh. And not just slept with Theo, but then awkwardly tries to show up and like flirt with Theo. And it's a woman. And, and it's the it's like a girl. <laughs> From the class, who also has, like, beautiful long hair like Theo does. And it's, like, all bad. All, it's all of it is, it's just terrible. Yeah. Nothing good is, is happening. Bad. I love, though, uh, the triple A totally calls it out, too, where she's like, did you fuck Miss Fine? <laughs> <laughs> I love how, like, direct she is. She's just like, yeah, yeah. 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 I love yeah. it. It's all bad. Neo, no, it's not bad, though. Jared, your fave. Jared with his little backwards cap under his graduation cap. And I'm like, again, it's so terrible. Why do I love it so much? Yeah. Jared's so your type. 
<laughs> he's really not. I know I just he's not think at he's all. So adorable. I don't know why. I just find him so. He is very so endearing. Charming. He is very he endearing is. as a character. He's so hopeless. Yes, <laughs> I think that's what it is. He tries so um, hard. He does try way, way, way too hard. So Molly and Amy racing the clock to get to graduation because Jared has started Molly's speech, which is hilarious. Yes. But they do make it driving literally right through the fence mm-hmm. to get to graduation. Get arrested again. Um, his no. poor car. Yeah, right? Jared's poor car. It is made up to him by them running up so that Molly can finish her speech and just lay one on laying him. Laying one on him. I love it. It's so cute. And he's so he's so happy. Yep. I just loved it. This whole movie is just going to be me talking about how much I love Jared. That's fine. Let's start back at the beginning. So the first time we oh meet Jared. Oh, my God. <laughs> we can't do this. Fine. Fine. We'll just finish it up. It's cute. They have her little speech. She has, like, some cute little quotes in there about, like, you know, I may not have before, but I see you now. And you're like, oh, it's so cute. Which I like to think that it's, like, A, like, a, a cute inspirational moment, and also B, her being like, fuck you, Nick and Ryan. Like, I see you guys now. Yes. You backstabbing hoes. Uh, yeah. yeah. I love it. Yes. I see you, and I see you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yes. I get it. Ah. Uh, God, so Molly and Amy have have made up. Everything's right again. Not too right though, because they're packing. I know, it's so packing sad. Amy up. It's so sad. And we have a final farewell <laughs> to Mr. This, Panda. We yeah, we have this scene where the where her mom comes in and she's like, "You're bringing Ling Ling," and you're like, "Oh no, oh no!" Oh, no. And she's putting her face so <laughs> ev- everywhere, everywhere on that panda. It's not good. Not good. It's not a good situation. Mm -hmm. But what is a good situation is someone's at the house to see Amy. Who could it be? Molly wants to know who it could be because Molly doesn't know what's happening right now. So Amy goes to the door. It's Hope. It's Hope. I Hope is there. would pay to only see this scene as told through the eyes of Molly in the window. Oh my god. Molly in that window is everything. Everything. Like, is is just everything. So she's behind Hope, right? So Amy can see her and can see her freaking out. Hope can't see her freaking out, but you can just tell Molly is there, like, watching this scene between Amy and Hope, and she has no idea what's happening, And but she's starting to piece it together, and she wants to know everything that happened yes. through the window. Immediately. <laughs> yes. Molly's trying to pick up every context clue she can from the window. Yes. And it's amazing. The scene itself is, like, kind of whatever because, you know, I mean, it's fine. I can I can get behind Hope and Amy. It's no, you know, Gigi and Amy or even Molly and Amy, but it's fine. I mean, it's fine. It's, like, it's a good, like, starter gay kind of kit, you know? It's a great starter gay. The thing that I don't get about it, though, is, like, they give them this weird dialogue where Hope, for some reason, is way into what happened between them yeah she's like you sort of knew what you were doing you're like but she didn't as we've already stated she fingered you in the ass and then threw up on you which like (laughs) and then she's like you know what i didn't i'm gonna say maybe one of those is something that you're into but like the other one probably shouldn't be and it didn't seem like it's what you were into when it was happening yes so yes that's the part of it that i think i didn't quite buy is like i feel like if she had shown up and been like you know hey like Nice try. Kind of went weird, but like the but like the kissing was great, and we could like try it again. Like that, I I could kind of get behind the fact that she like has 
has this weird dialogue of being like, well, but you kind of did know what you were doing. And I'm like, but she kind of really did. Yeah, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's that's my only issue with this scene. But I, I love that they have her, like, show up and Amy is, you know, like, gets a little... Is now the cool lesbian on campus. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. She's going to crash it's on her cute. couch on her backpacking trip. Yeah, right. Exactly. See, that's... We need that movie. Where's that movie? Yeah. I'm into that. Yeah. Okay. She can actually try uh, and do it correctly. <laughs> and then we have Molly driving Amy to the airport. So sad. It's, I know. It's, I, I like how we both just made a sad I know. We both just frowned. You can't can see, see it, but we just frowned. You can't see it, but it was very well-timed, and like we, we really kind of matched them to each other. Yes. It's great. Yeah, driving her to the airport, they're just saying, like, goodbye, like, a million times, and and then they're trying to have Amy leave to go leave for a year, and they're, like, they're both sad, and they're so, it's dramatic, and and everybody's crying. She's doing a whole thing. Yeah, there's a whole thing, and then Amy, like, runs the fuck back up to the car, and is like, you want to get pancakes? Because, again, Amy is is me. Yep. <laughs> Roll the credits. And fuck yeah, Molly wants to get pancakes. Fuck yeah. Yeah. What a brilliant And film. there you have it, folks. We've done it. Booksmart, we've we've made it. It didn't even take us three hours. I'm very proud I'm of us. I'm so proud of us. Only about half of the time we thought it would take. <laughs> and if you're still here with us, we love you. You've made it this far. If you have made it this far, you could basically just go and watch watch the movie again in this amount of time. So, great. Yeah. Watch the movie, listen to us again, watch the movie again, listen to us again. You know, just however many times you want to do it. Yeah, just keep going back and forth, back and forth. So what are your general thoughts about Booksmart, Lee? My general thoughts are I love it. I love it so much. I love everything about it. It is absolutely cheesy and over the top. And it's not like it's an idea that's completely new to do like a high school comedy of errors. But it's female fronted. It's gay. It's socially aware it's so so painfully accurate for like so many things in the world right now i love it i love it what are your thoughts ellie i also love it (laughs) like i said before (laughs) check box the check boxes are amazing amy is the protagonist that i always wanted to see if i was a young baby gay this would have been in my rotation i don't want to say instead of 10 things i hate about you because 10 things i hate about you is also pretty gay but like in addition to as we've covered yes <laughs> also very good. yes but yeah i love that we finally have something like this for us and it cracks me up like oh my god and i sometimes you just need to like laugh all for an hour and a half and that's what book smart is for me it really it really is i we like just cried laughing through the whole thing the first it's time so great all right it's time for our drinking game rules I'm so ready. For all of our less essentials, we have to have a drinking game. And I think this might be our best yet. No. <laughs> uh, also, one of one of the most fun movies. So I think one of the most fun drinking games. So here are our rules. And we would also like to say as a disclaimer, you do not have to follow all of these rules. Please drink responsibly. But if you want to have a good time, take the drinking game as you will. So our first rule. Anytime Amy and Molly wear the same outfit... <laughs> You don't have to do it continuously, but whenever they, you know, notice they're wearing the same outfit. Oh my God. Can you imagine? I know. It's like the whole movie. Just chug while they match. Number two, anytime there's slow-mo on one of their crushes. So anytime there's like a slow-mo on Ryan, slow-mo on Nick, all that. Number three, anytime Gigi shows up somewhere new, that'll be a great one. Four, anytime someone calls Malala. 
<laughs> number five, whenever Jared is a feminist or says something feminist. Uh, number six, whenever Amy and Molly compliment each other. So you might be doing a waterfall for a bit and some of those scenes. And number seven, whenever Alan is extra, which is pretty much anytime he is on screen. I feel like I should make that whenever Alan or George is extra. Yeah, they're both pretty extra. And then number eight is whenever Amy wants to go home as a good homo body. That's it. So enjoy our drinking game. And please tweet us. Let us know when you're playing because we love hearing from you. Oh, my God. Does that mean it's time, Ellie? Oh, it is time for our Q&A. Let's do it. Hit me. Let's do it. Q. Q. And. Gay. All right. Question number one of our Q&A. Which party would have been your favorite? A, Jared's Yacht Party, B, Murder Mystery Party, or C, Nick's Kegger? 100% Murder Mystery Party. We both Sign would be up. at that party. We know this. We would we would crush that yes. party. We're going to throw host the best Murder Mystery Party. Yeah. We're going to. And it's going to be it's going to be amazing. Yes. Question 2, Ellie. What would be your go-to masturbation tool? <laughs> this is why Lee wanted me to start this. I get it now. <laughs> A, stuffed panda, B, electric toothbrush. C, showerhead, or D, clothes dryer? I feel like I'm going to go with C, showerhead. A classic. Yeah, a classic it's a, choice. It's a oldie but goodie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number three, who do you ship? A, Molly and Amy. B, Gigi and Amy. Or C, Hope and Amy. I'm so torn on this because I want molly and amy to be my top ship of this movie i really do but there's just there's a connection between Gigi and amy there's can't deny there's it. some heat there i see what you're saying but my number one is definitely molly and amy that's they're fair. like that's fair that's lifelong i, I love shit. both of those both of those pairings yeah. to you know yeah i there's not i wouldn't be unhappy with either of yes them. okay question four ellie how would you start your day a inspirational meditation b a dance party or C, some powdered vitamins. That's a that's a tricky one. I'm gonna have to say B, dance party. I could see yeah, that. Yeah, for sure. That'll that gets me going in the morning. <laughs> All right, number five. Who's your favorite? A, Gigi. B, Jared. C, George. Or D, Allen. I mean, I feel like I've really kept this one pretty quiet so far. So to the surprise of everyone here, your secret crush. We just I found just, about. I just love Jared, you know? The heart wants what the heart mm. wants, Ellie. It's not my fault. I get it. I'm a big George fan. See, George, we know this. We we do know this. Remember, you can give us your own answers to this episode's Q&A questions on our Twitter at Les Hangout Pod. Let me hear you say hip, 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 we're gay. We love hearing from you and building our community, so we want to shout out some of our favorite things each episode. And this episode, I would love to shout out one of our Instagram followers, Manic Dizzy Dream. Uh, she reached out and said, I wouldn't be the lesbian I am today without your podcast, which <laughs> makes me... Hitting us. Hitting us hit right, right in the heart. The feels. She also asked for some, some relationship advice, so I hope things are going well with whatever's going on with you. And ended her whole spiel saying, you guys are all around amazing, and I hope you know that, feel that, and let it warm you. And I just want to let you know, I am warmed. We are so warmed. It was just, ah, you cannot imagine how much we love hearing from our listeners. It's just the best. So shout out to you, Manic Dizzy Dream. We love you too. Uh, And as always, we also love our Lesbian Jesus patrons, Lizette Stye, Tanya Ferguson, Jess Klaus, Danny Griswold, Sarah and Julia, Carrie and Lawrence, 
Mark Foster, Danny Gunlock Tamora, Sammy Walsh, Audrey O'Connor, and Wendy K. Bartlett. We'd also love to thank our King Princess patrons, Kayla Kelly. And Amy and Ellen. Thank you so much to all of you and to all of our patrons. It really, really makes this podcast possible, and we couldn't do it without all of you. Remember, you can also find us on all the social medias, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Les Hangout Pod. You can send us an email at leshangoutpod at gmail.com. Or check out our website at leshangoutpod.com. Make sure that you subscribe on whatever app you use to listen to podcasts. That way you'll know as soon as new episodes go up. We'll also have a video up for our book smart song. So make sure you subscribe at youtube.com slash leshangoutpod to watch it. It's going to be amazing. If you want to help support the podcast, there are so many different ways that you can do that. The first one, it's easy, it's fast, it's free, is just rate us and review us on iTunes. It helps new people find the podcast. And if you want to help support us financially and help us get to Toronto for the live show, help us get to travel and do all these awesome things that we get to do for all of you, you can do that at bit.ly slash lespatreon. We love all of our patrons and we would love to have more of you. You can also check out our merch. We have a tea public. You can find it at bit.ly slash lesshop. You can get teas and tanks and sweatshirts and buttons and so much cool stuff. We have a new design that just went up, uh, so you should check it out. It's a cool gay all day, uh, and, you know, I would love to see some of you rocking it soon, so go check I'm it out. I gay all day, so I'm gonna get it. <laughs> Gay all year, gay all decade. Welcome to 2020. Um, <laughs> if you want to find us individually, you can find me at Ellie Brigida on Instagram and Twitter. And you can find me on Instagram at Twitter. Blah, blah. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at LSH Foster. With that, I'm Ellie. And I'm Lee. And, and let's, let's hang, hang out, out again, again soon. Let's hang out. Hey everyone, Lee here. I just want to take a quick second before we play this week's song, because not to spoil anything, but you're going to be hearing a few more voices other than just Ellie and I. There are a handful of people who helped us out with this, and so we just want to really thank everybody who took the time to do this for us. So we want to start with some former guests of the pod. We have your faves and ours, Karen Knox and Gwen Cummin. Uh, as Gigi and Hope, we also have former guest Danny Prakaski playing Jared and former guest John Arrow playing George. And on top of all of that awesome lineup, we also have some newcomers to the podcast. So we want to give an extra special thank you to Zach Zuberzander, who is our Nick, and Andre Corey, who's playing Alan for us. So it means so much to us. Ellie and I have been working on this song for a while, and we knew we needed a large cast of people and we could not be happier with everybody and could not appreciate more that they took time out of their schedules to record all of this for us and just crushed it so we're so so happy with how it came out we can't wait for you all to hear it so without further ado here is one night we've never been the ones to break the rules but tonight we might be breaking them all i've never been the kind who hated school
party that you'll never forget. It's on a yacht. Ooh, there's nothing hotter than a graduation bash as long as you give consent. Try the strawberries. They will make you see things you never knew were inside. Wow, what a night. Guess we better bail. We can tell this tale for a while. Are you kidding me? What? Are you serious right now? Malala! We're gonna live for tonight. One night, we're racing the dawn. We're gonna make you see who we are. Sasha up right one time before moving on. Tomorrow doesn't feel very far away from tonight. A murder, most foul. Yeah, I'm gonna need you to just dial it down. My husband slain. Why don't you just go review your histories in the parlor? You're both looking great. How'd those berries taste? Have they taken you for a ride? Oh my god, what is happening? We're gonna live for tonight. I'm a Barbie girl. Did someone fight with the missing? Do we 